Shalom, my dear brothers and sisters. I would like you to please turn with me at this ministry meeting to the 10th chapter of the book of Daniel. We are moving along in the study of the book of Daniel, and we have arrived now in the 10th chapter to the final vision that Daniel has seen in his last vision in which he presents before us the plan of God, the program of God that will come to pass, that will culminate with the second coming of the Messiah at the end of the tribulation and the restoration of Daniel's people, the Jewish people, back to God. I would like to read, beloved brothers and sisters, the first ten verses of Daniel chapter 10. So if you have your Bible, will you please open to Daniel chapter 10 and follow me as I'm reading the first 10 verses of Daniel chapter 10. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. And the thing was true. But the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing, and had understanding of the vision. In those days I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth. Neither did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And in the four-and-twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Chidekel, then I lifted up mine eyes, and looked, and behold, a certain man, clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of upaz. His body also was like the beryl, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like in color to polished brass and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men that were with me saw not the vision. But a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone, and saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me, for my comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. Yet heard I a voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in a deep sleep on my face, and my face towards the ground. And behold, an hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And I will stop here, beloved brothers and sisters, in reading only the first ten verses of Daniel chapter 10. Beloved brothers and sisters, by the time that we arrive to Daniel chapter 10, we have already covered so much material in the study of the book of Daniel. To remind you that in the year 605 BC, as we have already read in Daniel chapter 1, it was King Nebuchadnezzar through his commander who came to the city of Jerusalem, to the land of Israel, and was allowed by God, in fact he was called by God, because God had handed over to Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, our Jewish people, the people of Israel. 
And why? We have already learned that the people of Israel, in rebellion against God, in disobedience to the Lord, to the God of their fathers, who have loved them and brought them from the land of Egypt into the promised land of Canaan, in that land of Israel, the land of Canaan, Israel have turned away from God. And therefore we do read, if you remember in Daniel 1, verses 1 and 2, that in the third year of the reign of Joachim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And we have already read, beloved brothers and sisters, in verse 2 of chapter 1, that the Lord gave Joachim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar and to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. We also read that he took with him many of the Jewish people to the land of Babel, including Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. And the reason that I mentioned that, that it all began in 605 BC. Later on, Nebuchadnezzar came again, the king of Babylon, and he took Yechezkel and others in 597 BC. And finally, in 586 BC, Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the temple in the city of Jerusalem and the walls of Jerusalem and carried the rest of the vessels to the land of Babel. And there the Jewish people were in the land of Babel until the time came when the 70 years were over and God had promised to fulfill these 70 years of judgment and restore the people of Israel back to the promised land. We have covered the image that Nebuchadnezzar has seen, this great image which represented the times of the Gentiles, which looked from a human perspective when King Nebuchadnezzar saw this great image of gold and silver and brass and iron and partly iron and partly clay. We have also seen that vision that Daniel have seen in chapter 7, and that was the vision of the four beasts, where Daniel have seen the times of the Gentiles from a divine perspective where God looks upon men as beasts, he looks upon the rulers of this world as beasts, specifically in relationship to their treatment of his people of Israel during the time of their dispersion. And so we have already read in the previous chapter, in chapter 9 as well, how Daniel was so concerned with the promise of the restoration of the people of Israel back to the land after the 70 years, that the whole ninth chapter was devoted to the prayer of Daniel. You remember what we read in Daniel 9? And I set my face unto the Lord God. And then he continued to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him, and to them that keep his commandment. We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled by parting from thy precepts and from thy judgment. And so Daniel in chapter 9 have repented on behalf of the nation of Israel, praying to God, seeking from him to restore the Jewish people back to the land. And so we have read chapter 9, and we have learned at the end of chapter 9, from verse 20 to the end, how the prophecy of the 77s, and how God said to Daniel that there will be six important things that must happen before the people of Daniel will be restored back to the land. There will be 70 weeks are determined upon thy people, Daniel 9.24, and upon thy holy city, to finish the transgression, and to make an end of sins, 
and to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring an everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the visions and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. That is the temple. And so Daniel received information in the ninth chapter, as he have seen this vision of the 77th, and that 77th would bring the prophetic word of the Lord all the way to the final days, when there will be the rise of this wicked man, these men, the prince that shall come, who will ultimately will seek to take the place of the Messiah. And also we have learned from these verses in chapter 9 that the Messiah will be cut off and not for himself. He will die, the Messiah, and we know it is from history, it is the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, who died at about 30 A.D., before the temple was destroyed in 70 A.D. by Titus, the Roman. But the promise of the first coming of the Messiah and the promise of the second coming of the Messiah was given to us in the ninth chapter as Daniel received this revelation from the Lord of the 77th. And now when we arrive to chapter 10, in fact, beloved brothers and sisters, when we arrive to chapter 10 and 11 and 12, these final three chapters in the book of Daniel are really one unit, one final vision that really presents before us the glory of God that will come in the future day and the restoration of God's earthly people of Israel and the establishment of the Messianic kingdom where the Messiah who was once despised and rejected of men, one that was a man of sorrow that had been acquainted with grief, one that came to die at his first coming to become this Emmanuel, God with us, and that he paid for the sin of this world, he will ultimately come and will restore the people of Israel and take his rightful place here in this world and establish this amazing promise messianic kingdom which we know from revelation chapter 20 that it will be 1000 years long when the messianic the millennial kingdom will be here upon the face of this earth and there will be shalom there will be peace and blessing will flow to all the world for the law of the lord will come forth out of jerusalem and the nations of the world will be blessed and will come to celebrate the amazing promises and blessings of God in the future day during the Messianic age. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, here now, in chapter 10, we have a detailed information concerning the days and the years that will pass by from Daniel's days, all the way to the end of days when there will be the restoration of the kingdom back to the Lord. All the way including the resurrection of the saints from among Israel and it will be ultimately the time where the future blessing will flow into this world. Also Daniel, beloved brothers and sisters, in the three chapters, which are really one unit, Daniel received information from God concerning all the events that will happen in history that will lead ultimately to the time of the restoration of the kingdom back to God, back to the Messiah. And so you will notice now that in this vision, chapter 10 is really divided into two sections. The first 10 verses, we have Daniel is seeing a man in that vision, in that sight that he sees. And then from verse 11 to verse 21, we see the message that the man gives to Daniel. So Daniel chapter 10 is really an introduction to the prophetic message that God would give to Daniel through his servants, 
concerning the future events that will take place throughout history. And it's so amazing to see that we have this very interesting 10th chapter through which we learn that there are battles that are going on. There are spiritual battles that is going on in the heavenly spheres in which there is a battle that is going on between good and evil, between God's angels and the fallen angels who fight and resist against God and God's plan and program for Israel and for all the nations of the world. In these first 10 verses, beloved brothers and sisters, we will look into that vision of that man that Daniel have seen as an introduction, as a prelude to the complete uh, a vision that will be given in chapter 11 and chapter 12 of the prophetic word of the Lord to Daniel concerning events that will occur throughout history, promises, a prediction that God will bring all these to fruition. Some have already happened in past days from our point of, of time, and some are still ahead of us in the future day, beloved brothers and sisters. And so notice this. This is really an introduction to the vision that point Daniel to the tribulation days and the difficult days that Daniel's people will experience until the final restoration of the people of Israel. As I reminded you before, I would like to remind you once again, when Daniel received these revelations from God, these visions from God, the church was not in existence. And that's why it is so important to read the text here in its context. Daniel is speaking and receiving revelation concerning his people, the Jewish people, the people of Israel. Just to remind you, in chapter 9, when God had given to Daniel the interpretation of the vision of the 77th, to remind you, in chapter 9, God clearly said, in verse 24, 77 are determined upon thy people, this is Daniel's people, the Jewish people, the people of Israel, and upon thy holy city, this is the city of Jerusalem, and the land of Israel. And then you can see that the context, beloved brothers and sisters, is in the context of the dealings of the empires with the people of Israel during the times that the Gentiles receive the power handed over to them, the kingdom which was taken away from Israel, from the Jewish people because of disobedience and violation of God's word. And so notice that in the first three verses of Daniel chapter 10, we see the time and the state of affairs when Daniel has seen that vision. The vision will be given a little bit later on. In the 11th chapter, the prophetic vision will be given to Daniel. But here we see an introduction, a prelude, and a preparation for receiving the prophecy of the events that will occur in the history of Israel. And so what is the state of affairs and the time in which that vision, introduction to that prophetic vision was given to Daniel? Well, we learn, notice verse 1, that it was in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia. A thing, notice the word, a thing, in Hebrew the word davar, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar, and the thing was true, but the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing, and had understanding of the vision. You notice verse 1, that we learn that this introduction to the prophetic vision that Daniel is just about to see, just happened to be in the third year of 
Cyrus, the king of Persia. This is the year of 535 BC. To remind you that in 539 BC, the empire of the Medo-Persian took over the Babylonian Empire. It was at the time in which Belshazzar was there in the city of Babylon, having this wicked drinking party in which the Medo-Persians have entered into the city of Babylon and took over that whole city and the empire of Babylon came to its end. The Medo-Persian Empire began at 539 BC. We read in Daniel 5 and verse 30 that Belshazzar the king, he was the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar who reigned in the city of Babylon under his father Nabonidus. He died in 539 BC and it was Cyrus who became now the king of the Second Empire, the Medo-Persian Empire. And so in 539 BC, Cyrus became the one that would rule over this world. He was the second empire in the times of the Gentile, represented by the chest of silver in the image that Nebuchadnezzar saw in his dream, and represented by the bear in the a vision of the beasts which Daniel have seen in Daniel chapter 7. So in 539 BC, beloved brothers and sisters, when the Medo-Persian became the second empire, and Babylon now became under the Medo-Persian empire, and no longer have the same status as an empire, it was at that time that King Cyrus, the king of Persia, gave a permission for the Jewish people, our own people, to return back to the land of Judah and rebuild the temple in Jerusalem after the 70 years of captivity was over. Let me just read you the verse in Ezra chapter 1, in verse 1, Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, and he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom, and put it also in writing, saying, listen to what Cyrus said in 539 BC, he said, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, this is verse 2 of Ezra 1, The Lord God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judea. Who is there among you, among the Jewish people? Who is there among you of all his people? These are the people of God who are now scattered for these 70 years away from the promised land because of disbelief, because of disobedience. Now notice that, Cyrus recognizing that these Jewish people who are far away from their homeland, that they are God's people. And he said, Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judea, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God which is in Jerusalem. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, it was in 539 BC when King Cyrus in his first year was raised by God, was stirred by God to give permission to the Jewish people to go back to rebuild the temple in the city of Jerusalem. Well, now we learn from Daniel chapter 10 and verse 1 that it was not in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, but now two or three years passed by, and it is in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that a thing was revealed unto Daniel. 
whose name was called Belteshazzar. So two years have passed by, and now Daniel is receiving another prophetic vision, of which before he received that information, we learn by way of introduction the time and the state of affair that he was at when that prophetic vision was given unto Daniel. And so it was in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia. And you notice the word in verse 1, that it says, A thing was revealed unto Daniel. What does that mean, a thing? The Hebrew word, Hadavar, the thing. And that thing was really unique information that Daniel is about to receive concerning the future of his people that will take him beyond, beyond the call of the Jewish people to go back to the land, which have already happened in 539 BC. Now two years have passed by. Daniel is about 85 years of age. He's getting to be old man. He remained in Babylon, in Persia. And he's now seeing that vision about the time that will come beyond his time and takes us all the way to the future day of the tribulation and the Messianic kingdom. And so that word, a thing, is mentioned three times in this verse. The Hebrew word is davar, ha-davar. Their thing, the special thing that God is about to reveal to Daniel. So in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar, and the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. And he understood the thing. Once again, he understood the thing, and then we read, and had understanding of the vision of the sight that he have seen. And so the setting, this time and the state of affairs that were there is that Daniel is now seeing and receiving an information. A thing was revealed unto Daniel. You notice that his name is also called Belteshazzar here. Why? Because according to Daniel chapter 1 and verses 6 and 7, it was Nebuchadnezzar who had given these names to Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. And why? Because the Babylonian wanted the Jewish people to forget their God. So to Daniel, he gave the name Belteshazzar. To Hananiah, he called him Shadrach. To Mishael, he called him Meshech. And to Azariah, he called him Abednego. But Daniel means, God is my judge. Belteshazzar means the god Baal will protect his life. And while they try to set Daniel and his friend to forget their god, yet Daniel never forgot his god, and his name is called through and through the book of Daniel by his name, Daniel, God is my judge. So the name that he had in Babylon was Belteshazzar. As far as Daniel was concerned and the people who knew him, his name was also Daniel, the Hebrew name that was given to him by his parents in the land of Israel. So, what we read in verse 1 is that a thing was revealed unto Daniel. And I want you to notice in verse 1, it's also said there that the thing was true but the time appointed was long. Now, if you will read that verse 1 of Daniel chapter 10, the word where we read here that the thing was true, that is what the revelation that Daniel received was indeed true. It was emet. It will be fulfilled to the letter. But then you notice what it says here, the time appointed was long. That interesting expression, because the word the time appointed was long, is come from the Hebrew word tzavagadol. Tzavagadol. In other words, 
that will be is the word for tzava is the Hebrew word for conflict, the Hebrew word for army. In other words, there will be a long time of the trials and problems that Israel will experience. But the time appointed was long. It will take for a long time. It's not going to stop immediately now that the Jewish people are back now in the land in 539 BC, but it will take for a long time, all the way until the times of the tribulation and finally the the restoration of Israel and the second coming of the Messiah. And in between, beloved brothers and sisters, we have the church age in which we live in today. So we are part of the times of the Gentiles, and the times of the Gentiles included the first coming of the Messiah and will end at the second coming of the Messiah when the Gentiles' time will come to an end and Israel's time will be restored when Messiah will restore Israel back to himself. And so that time will be long before it will come to its finality. And that's why you can see the word Tzavagadol. The word for Tzavah in Israel is army. In large armies, things of conflict. There will be constant conflict that Israel, that the Jewish people will experience throughout the ages. And we know it from history but we will see it also as we study these next chapters 11 and 12, which will include the tribulation period and the second coming of the Messiah. And so we read in verse 1 that the thing that Daniel had seen was true and the time appointed was long. It will be a time in which Israel will experience much conflict, a long time of conflict for Daniel's people, including Tzarat Yaakov, including the tribulation period. Now to remind you, no one knew how long time that will take. No one knew, including you and I, do not know how long time the church age will be. Even the early days of the assembly, when these early believers, these early apostles, including Shaul Paul, he anticipated the last days of the church and the rapture of the church, even in his days, in 65 BC. When he wrote to the Thessalonian, when he said, we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and he anticipated that he himself was the one that will be raptured with the church at the end of the church. And yet, notice this, beloved brothers and sisters, 2,000 years have passed by since about 30 AD, and the assembly, the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones are still here. Soon the Lord is coming and the rapture will take place and the tribulation days will come. And then finally the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, will return. But just the same as Daniel didn't know, you and I do not know it today. But yet this long period of time, a long time of conflict for Daniel's people will come to pass during these times of the Gentiles. And so, after we read verse 1, yet we learn here that he, this is Daniel, understood the thing, and he had understanding of the vision. Three times we read the word, the thing, the thing, the thing, hadavar, hadavar, hadavar in Hebrew. Three times we read of Daniel seeing in this vision of that which will happen to his people throughout the times of the Gentile, the long conflict for his own people of Israel. Well, in verse 2, Daniel, what does he do now? We see that Daniel is now mourning. In verse 2, in that time and state of affair of these verses 1, 2, 3, we see Daniel now, after he, he understood that, we find that now, Daniel, in verse 2, in those days, Daniel was mourning for three full weeks. Now, it is interesting because the word here, three full weeks, comes from the Hebrew word, Shavu'im Yamim. It is weeks of days. It is very interesting that in verse 2, the word is three full weeks of days, which tells us that the word Shavu'im 
here in verse 2 of Daniel 10 is Shavuim, is weeks of days, while in chapter 9 and verse 24, 70 weeks, these are weeks of years. And it seemed to be that by the Spirit of God, we clearly see in Hebrew that it is weeks of days. The word here, days, are mentioned. You don't see it in the English text. It says in those days Daniel was mourning for uh, three full weeks. In Hebrew it says Daniel was mourning three weeks of days. Shavuim yamim. Shlosha shavuim yamim. That only helps us to see that he literally, he was mourning for 21 days. Three weeks. And why was he mourning? Why was Daniel mourning? One will ask the question again to remind you that now this introduction to the vision that he is about to see of all the events that will take place in the history of his own people, Daniel already have learned that a few years earlier the Jewish people went back to the land of Israel, to the city of Yerushalayim. But apparently not everybody have gone. When we read in the book of Ezra, chapter 1 and chapter 2, we don't read that all the Jewish people returned back to the land. Apparently, most of our people remain in Babylon, remain in Medo-Persia. But not only so, we also learn that when the Jewish people went back to the land and they were there in seeking to build a temple in the city of Yerushalayim, that they had a lot of problems, a lot of opposition that they have experienced by those who did not want them to build their temple in the city of Yerushalayim. In Ezra chapter 4, we do read in verse 1, Now when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of the captivity built the temple unto the Lord God of Israel, then they came to Zerubbabel, to the chief of the fathers, and said, unto them, let us build with you, for we seek your God as ye do, and we do sacrifice unto him since the day of Ezra Chadon, king of Ashur, which brought us up hither, but Zubavel and, and Joshua and, and all the rest of the chief of the father of Israel said unto them, ye have nothing to do with us to build a house unto our God, but we ourselves together will build unto the Lord God of Israel. Zorvel understood that those adversaries only wanted to harm the Jewish people. And so we read in verse 4, the people of the land weakened the hand of the people of Judah, and they troubled them in the building. In other words, they gave hard time to the Jewish people, though they could not easily and uh, with peace, with shalom, to build the temple in Jerusalem. There was opposition from the time that they returned back to the land. And there was constant opposition by the enemies of the people of Israel throughout the time, including the time that Daniel was there in 536 now BC, two years after the Jewish people gone back to the land. Not all of them returned, and those that were there had so much trouble. In the days of Ezra, later on in the day of Nehemiah, in building of the house of God, in building of the walls of Jerusalem, constant conflict, beloved brothers and sisters. So no wonder that Daniel was mourning for three full weeks. And you notice what he said in verse 3. He ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine into my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all, until the three whole weeks were fulfilled. So Daniel did not eat any pleasant bread. The Hebrew word is lechem chamudot. It is a bread that is needful for anyone to eat. We know that scripture teaches us that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Nevertheless, man cannot live without bread. And the word here, uh, pleasant bread, lechem chamudot in Hebrew, simply mean that nothing for his own to give him pleasure, to satisfy his need. Because Daniel was mourning on behalf of his people Israel once again. 
as he have done so in the previous vision that he have seen that was also taken in 539 BC. Now, two years later, he continued to mourn and to pray on behalf of his people. And so we read, In those days I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. And in verse 3, I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine into my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. So Daniel simply, he did not wash, he did not anoint himself, he did not eat any pleasant bread, he did not drink any wine, he did not have any meat, nothing. He was simply a man that was mourning on behalf of his people. This is interesting because throughout the history of God's servants, always God's servants prayed on behalf of the people of God. For us, the lesson is important even today. We are called to pray for one another. We are called to pray for the believers. We are called to pray for the body of Messiah, as well as to pray for God's people, the people of Israel. The Apostle Paul, we read of him in Ephesians chapter 3, where he said, For this cause, in verse 14, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, our Lord Jesus the Messiah, of whom the whole families of in heaven and on earth are named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might and by his Spirit in the inner man. In other words, Paul, Shaul, was praying for the believers at Ephesus, at Colossae, at Philippi, and elsewhere. And every one of us are called to pray for God's people. As Daniel prayed for the Jewish people, for his own people of Israel, as Shaul, Paul prayed for the assembly, the church, and we are called to pray for God's people, including today the people of Israel, for the restoration of the people of Israel to the Lord. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, this is, in verses 1 to 3, the time and the state of affairs of the introduction to the vision that Daniel, about the prophetic vision that Daniel is about to receive from God. And so now we continue in the next verses, verses 4, 5, and 6. We learn here that Daniel is now seeing a certain man, a very interesting, because that word, a man, is mentioned here or directed to this person that he saw only once. We read later on that he is called a man as well, Daniel, but Daniel sees here a certain man. He sees a certain man and there is various views about the sight that Daniel sees concerning that man. First of all, Daniel apparently was by the Echidekel River on the 24th day of the first month. This is the month, the biblical month, the month of Nisan. On the 14th day of the month of Nisan is the Feast of Pesach, the Feast of Passover. If we read in verse 4, and in the four and twentieth day of the first month, this is the biblical month of Nisan, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Chidekel. Apparently, as he is just about to see that prophetic vision, Daniel now, by being by the Chidekel river, on the twenty-fourth day of the month of Nisan, he was walking there by the river, and all of a sudden, beloved brothers and sisters, we learn what Daniel has seen. You see, in, in verses 5 and 6, we read, Then I lifted up mine eyes, and I looked, and behold, a certain man, in Hebrew, Ish Echad, a certain man clothed, and now, beloved brothers and sisters, Daniel sees in this sight of that certain man, that Ish Echad, 
he sees a distinct and unique appearance of that man. We read a few things about the appearance of this man in verses 5 and 6. It says here that he saw a certain man, number one, he was clothed in linen. Secondly, his loins were girded with fine gold of upaz. Thirdly, his body, in verse 6, also was like a beryl, or like beryl. This speaks, this is the green color, this speaks of life. And then we read that his face was as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as a lamps of fire, his arms and his feet like the color to polish brass, and then finally, and the voice of his words, like the voice of a multitude. So, beloved brothers and sisters, as Daniel sees this amazing sight of these certain men, there are some would believe in that this appearance of this man is the pre-incarnate Mashiach, Christophany. In other words, when a Messiah appears in such a way long before his actual incarnation in the city of Bethlehem when he was born to the Virgin Miriam. Well, we know that there were many times in the history of the people of Israel, of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the history of Israel, that pre-incarnate appearing of God the Son as men before his incarnation, to give information or to appear before his people, his servants. It happened when Abraham was in by the tent in the heat of the day, when Abraham was sitting there and three men appeared before him. One of them was the Lord himself. And Jehovah spoke with Abraham. The other two men continue on to the city of Sodom. We also read of Jacob, Yaakov, in Genesis chapter 32, when a man wrestled with Yaakov. And that also, we learn that it was the pre-incarnate Messiah who dealt with Yaakov, seeking to lead him to himself, where we read, Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And once this man have touched the hollow Jacob's thigh, Jacob now could no longer walk as he walked before. And you remember what Jacob said to this man? I will not let thee go except you will bless me. What this man said to, to Jacob, let me go, the day is breaking. But according to Genesis 32 and verse 26, Jacob said to him in verse 26, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob, Yaakov. And then verse 28 of Genesis 32 tells us, And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Yaakov, but Israel. For thou, as a prince, hast thou wrestled with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob Ask him, and he said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Why is it that thou ask after my name? And he bless him there. And you notice what we read in verse 30 of Genesis chapter 32. And Jacob called the name of the place Pniel. Why? For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And so in the history of Israel, Quite a few times, God the Son appeared as men to minister to His people. But that was His pre-incarnate appearing. In the days of Bethlehem, when the Virgin Miriam gave birth to Yeshua the Messiah, she called His name Jesus, Yeshua, that was the time when He actually took union human nature along with his divine nature. He is God, but he became also a man 
for time and for eternity because as a man he would die for the sin of this world. But here we see an amazing sight of this certain man. Daniel 10 and verse 5, And behold, a certain man, clothed in fine linen, whose loins were girded about with fine gold of upaz, his body also was like the burial, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like the color of polished brass, and his voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. And this description, most likely, beloved brothers and sisters, as many believe, was this pre-incarnate Messiah, as this certain man appearing to Daniel to give him information. Now, the reason that some do not believe that that's this pre-incarnate Messiah is because as we enter into the remaining portion of Daniel chapter 10, we learn that this man is telling Daniel that he had wanted to reach him earlier, but he couldn't because someone withstood him, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me, he said in verse 13, one and twenty days, but lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. Well, that teaches us that if this certain man needed the help of Michael, Michael, the archangel, that means that he is not the pre-incarnate Messiah, but a high, unique angel that representing God and serving God and carrying with him these pictures or features that shows us that he is serving the living God. But whichever way we take it, beloved brothers and sisters, this is amazing presentation of that certain man that is showed himself to Daniel. We see that he is wearing fine linen, speak of the fact that he is pure, we see that his loin is girded about with the golden upaz. This speaks of the fact that he is royal. He is serving a royal king. We see that his body was like a beryl. Another word for beryl is kerisolite, which is a green color, speaks of life. Then we read that his face is as the appearance of lightning, that speaks that he is shining and brilliant. Then we see that his eyes as lamps of fire, you know, fire that shows that he's discerning, his eyes sharp, discerning. And then we read that his arms and his feet like the color of polished brass, and brasses often speak about the brazen altar where there is judgment, there is a fire of God's righteousness is poured upon the sacrifice on the altar. And also we read of his voice in verse 6 at the end, that is the voice of the words like the voice of multitude, that you speak about his authority and his power, beloved brothers and sisters. So these verses represent before us this certain man, that some believe that he is the pre-incarnate Messiah. In light of the context, it seems to be better to recognize that this certain man is an angel that has a unique place in representing God in his appearance, and he is coming to Daniel, and he gives him the information concerning the prophetic history that will happen to Daniel's people, the Jewish people, during the times of the Gentiles. And so it is very similar to what we have read in Daniel uh, chapter 7 and verse 1, one like unto the Son of Man. Very similar to what we read in Revelation chapter 1, where John, Yohanan, saw that vision of God and the Messiah, especially in chapter 1. And also when Ezekiel saw the vision that he saw concerning person of who God is in the Ezekiel 1, verses 26, 27, and 28. So again, beloved brothers and sisters, 
whoever he may be, it is either the pre-incarnate Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, before his incarnation, or he is an angel that is one of these special, unique angels who representing God. He revealed himself to Daniel as a certain man, which we read in Daniel chapter 10 and verses 4, 5, and 6. And the revelation that he revealed himself is in his purity and in the fact that he is royal and that he has life, brilliancy, that he is seeing through everything, that he is the one who will, will judge and the one who has power. And beloved brothers and sisters, it reminds me of the verses in the book of Hebrews in which the angels are called to be ministering spirits. And we read in the book of Hebrews, in chapter 1, beloved brothers and sisters, concerning the servants that serve the Lord and serve the people of the Lord. We read in Hebrews chapter 1, and verse 14, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to them who shall be heirs of salvation? Speaking about the angels. All the angels are called ministering spirits, angels that serve God and serve God's people. And so let's move along, beloved brothers and sisters, as we draw towards the last portion for this ministry. In verses 7 to 10, we see now Daniel's reaction to the sight of that certain man. Notice what happened to Daniel. In verse 7, we read of the reaction of others that were with Daniel. Because apparently, because Daniel was there, as we read already in the earlier verses, that he was there by the Chidekel, verse 4, by the great river of Chidekel, apparently there were other men that were with him. And so in verse 7 we read, And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. The vision was not given him yet, it will be given to him, and yet he's seeing that amazing sight of that certain man, which was part of the vision. So he said, I alone saw the vision for the men, the Hebrew word is Anashim, there were other people who were with Daniel in these verse 7, Anashim is plural, for the men that were with me saw not the vision. They did not see it, but notice, there was a great quaking fell upon them, and they fled and hide themselves. In other words, these men that were with Daniel, there by the Chidekel river there, they heard, they didn't see that certain man, but they definitely heard a quaking, a sound, they were afraid, and they were fearful, and they fled and hide themselves because of the fear of the noise that they have heard, because they were so frightened that they fled away and hid themselves somewhere because of the fear that came upon them. Daniel alone saw the vision. Daniel alone saw that certain man. And that is also remind us of the time where Shaul was on the way, Saul, Paul was on the way to Damascus. And you remember when he saw that special vision that we read of it in Acts chapter 9. So how he was ready to go and with letters to bring the Jewish believers who trusted in Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, back with him to Jerusalem. And you remember how Shaul, Paul saw that vision. And we read that in verse 3, And as he journeyed, Acts 9, 3, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Shaul, Shaul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Yeshua, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Then we read, for he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? 
And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And you notice what we read in verse 7 of Acts chapter 9. And the man which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but they saw no man. They heard a voice, but seeing no man. Very similar here in Daniel's days in 536 B.C. when Daniel had seen that vision of the certain man. And it's very interesting because Shaul Paul saw that certain man, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, after his death, burial, and resurrection. Here Daniel sees that certain man, and if it is a pre-incarnate Messiah, Jesus, Yeshua, he sees the very same man long before he came to die on the shameful tree for the sin of this world. But again, as the context show us and dictate to us, we can see that this may very well be a certain servant of God that is a very elevated angel that is appearing as man, presenting himself before Daniel to reveal to him that which God has in mind for Daniel's people. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, we read that they fell and they hid themselves. They fled. They couldn't stay there anymore because of the noise that they've heard, because they have heard this quaking fell upon them and the great sound and fear that came upon them that caused them to flee and to hide themselves. And so verses 8 and 9 and 10, listen to what happened to Daniel as we conclude with our ministry today. Beloved brothers and sisters, this is really searching our hearts. Like when one sees a sight like this, what will one do? Well, look at the reaction of Daniel. In verses 8, 9, and 10, Daniel was left, notice, alone. He was pale, and he was without any strength when he saw that sight. We read in verse 8, Therefore I, I was left alone. The other men have fled, hid themselves. He was now alone. And I saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me, and my comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retain no strength. Daniel says here in verse 8, beloved brothers and sisters, in other words, my comeliness turned with me into corruption is the Hebrew word to turn upside down all my glory, all my praise in me all what i am in all my power and glory in the hebrew word hodi the word hodi in hebrew my hod the word hod in hebrew my comeliness it speaks of my glory and my honor and my beauty and my comeliness and my and my majesty all that which i was in myself is really turned back turned over and became beloved brothers and sisters became as it says here mashit corruption in other words, here for that word for corruption, it really turned upside down. It was destroyed. In other words, beloved brothers and sisters, what we learn here, that when God is revealing himself to men in one way or another, all our pride, all our arrogance to our feet, because God is greater than all. He's sending his servants to minister to the people of God, but when we see any sight, when the Lord is allow us to experience something in our life such as this, it really humbles us. And all our pride is being taken away from us. This is an amazing lesson. Daniel, he is no strength within him. All his glory turned back down to corruption. And we read in verse 9, And I heard the voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in a deep, deep, deep sleep. And notice, on my face, and my face towards the ground. He fell on his face, 
His face was towards the ground when he heard the voice of that certain man that spoke with him, and Daniel fell on his face. Beloved brothers and sisters, Daniel was so overwhelmed because of the sight that he has seen and the voice that he has heard. You remember we read in verse 6 that the voice of his words was like the voice of a multitude. And when Daniel heard the voice, he fell to the ground, his strength was taken away from him, his face was right on the ground, towards the ground. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, this certain man, whether the pre-incarnate Messiah, or whether an angel with a, a elevated angel representing God, a, whoever it may be, and most likely an angel, he did not come in order to harm Daniel. He came to give Daniel an information concerning the future that is ahead for Daniel's people, the Jewish people, the people of Israel. And so notice what he does in verse 10, and we will conclude with this, beloved brothers and sisters. In verse 10, he touched Daniel. Verse 10, and behold, an hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hand. And Daniel was his knees on the ground, his palms of hand on the ground, and Daniel was raised by that, a message that he has to give to Daniel. On the message that this certain man would give to Daniel, beloved brothers and sisters, we will learn in our next ministry meeting on Daniel chapter 10, verses 11 to 21. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, how wonderful to learn of the prophetic word of the Lord that was given to Daniel and the way in which God communicated His message to His servant concerning His people Israel, which will take place throughout the history of the people of Israel. May the Lord bless us and encourage us that we also will listen to the word of the Lord. We have a complete canon of scripture in our hand. May the Lord help us to learn from the word of God and to be occupied with the God of Daniel and with the Messiah, our Lord Jesus, who loved us and gave himself for us. Well, God bless you, my dear friend. Until the next time, we will say to you all, Shalom, Shalom.